Hi, I'm Diane Worthington. And I'm Denise Vivaldo. Welcome to another edition of Women Beyond a Certain Age. Today we're going to be talking about something that affects every one of us, and that's loss. We really welcome your comments and your suggestions and your stories. So don't forget to email us at womenbeyond at icloud.com. And Denise, we are going to be talking about an issue that affects all of us, really from the moment that we are born until when we die. Whether it's the first time you lose your turtle, which was <laughs> The turtle major, you won. <laughs> the turtle you won. And it dies. And it dies. And I have to just say that I was very dishonest with my daughter until Thanksgiving <laughs> last year when she thought that Tortellini, the name of her oh. to- turtle, had been walked, walked away. And someone at the Thanksgiving table started talking about losing turtles and then my husband said oh yeah remember when the gardener mowed down tortellini (laughs) and my daughter who's over 30 looked at me and said are you kidding me for 30 years i thought he walked away but he really really was murdered that isn't good but i digress anyway that was that was deeply unfortunate but she could handle the loss by and here's what i have to say (laughs) Bye-bye, Tortellini. <laughs> bye-bye. Yeah, really. It was really bye-bye. Anyway, we're going to talk about issues that we just, you know, you may not think about in the same way. But the only thing that I know and that we all know is that the only thing you can be sure of is that nothing's going to stay the same. And yep. as my dad, Easy Al, would always say, <laughs> that's what we called him, Rough Ruth from my mother, Easy Al. <laughs> Because he was doing so many surgeries a day. He was so easy. By the time he came home, he didn't care what we wanted to do for crazy children. But he would say, the only thing that's sure, kids, are death and taxes. That's the truth. Yep. I think when you first... This was Diane's suggestion to do laws. And she has a great quote that she's going to share with you. And it kind of hits you right between the eyes because... You know, I think what's happened in our society is instead of thinking of things as a loss, often we just say, oh, let that go. Let it go. Let it go. Right. Now, those are two different things. Letting it go means someone took the parking space in front of you when you were in a, you know, parking lot. So let it go. Oh, I don't know about that one. That could really get me going, Okay. But (laughs) loss, loss is so finite. You know, it's the end. It's yeah. the end of things. Whether it be, so when Diane first said this, I thought, oh my God, this is so depressing. Do we really want to talk about it? But in fact, as we've talked to each other about it, you look back and how you handle the loss is how you grow. Exactly. And how you get better at life. And that to me, you know, is really the extraordinary part of it. So I'm trying to put my Pollyanna spin on loss. <laughs> well, you can't avoid you, it. You can't so avoid you it. you may as well confront it and deal with it. That's and right. as I said before, which I think I think I said it, but if I didn't, I will again. From the moment you're born until the day you die, you're dealing with loss. That's right. And it's all about loss management. How are you going to manage tortellini? Well, you see, I didn't do such a good job. But... <laughs> 
Well, I think you were a mother who was shielding <laughs> her child from the fact that Tortellini had now become a French soup, okay, in the backyard. Oh, my God. I mean, it could that have been traumatic. Of course it was traumatic. <laughs> it was traumatic for me because I was not telling the truth. But the, but and then the you point had to is, clean up the mower. <laughs> it was not fun. The emergency uh, veterinarian oh. in his little truck. I can remember the whole thing while she was in preschool. Oh, my God. I'm feeling so bad. Okay. Okay. I already dealt with loss a long time ago with this. But, but let's face it. I don't care how great your life is. Stuff happens. Ugh. It stuff happens. And we're going to talk about that the biggest loss we all experience is losing someone that we love and a family member. Through death. Through death. And we are going to be doing an entire podcast on that coming up with someone who is a serious grief specialist. And I know you're going to want to listen to that. But we're today we're going to talk about different kinds of losses, That's right. right? That's right. I think one of the things that came up, and of course we're talking from personal experience, one of the biggest losses I went through in my life was getting divorced. Now, it was half my life ago. Do you know what I mean? I was Yes. It was half my life ago. But when I went to get divorced, and I don't think it has to be just being divorced. I think it can be being separated. I think it can be breaking up with someone that you've lived with or loved for years. Exactly. When you get divorced, at first you get to run on the rage. You know, you're so angry and you're so good. I'm never going to have to pick up his stinky underpants again. <laughs> and you're so grateful to be free. Right. And then when the anger dissipates and you have time to really look at what you've lost, you may have lost an economic base. You may lose your home. You may lose your companion in life. You lose your best friend. So all of it's us, enormous. It's enormous. Enormous. And people I know, and of course with our divorce rate, it was what it is. And people talk about it but i know from me i didn't remarry for 14 years wow and the reason was i never wanted to get divorced again yeah i hear this a lot i, I mean seriously this. and with my husband now i say to him all the time i can just bury you or make soup but we're not getting divorced <laughs> because i'm gonna try that one on michael there you go okay um, you have to see it with a lot of it. You have to have your hands working, Diane, as an Italian. I just barely. Just, yeah. I could, I could make soup. I could make soup. But um, it's a very difficult thing. I look back at my own divorce, how long it took me because I didn't want to deal with it. I wanted to be angry. Yeah. Well, I yeah, wanted, that's it. Because I when you're angry, to, you And don't... the other thing is, I wanted to be right. Exactly. It was my reason. I was getting divorced because I was right and he was wrong. Well, yeah. uh, guess what? Guess what? Yeah. With dear friends, and you and I, I said this to you. So I'm having drinks with dear friends, and I'm bitching about my getting divorced. And one of my oldest friends from childhood says to me, well, you know, I know him, Denise, and he's a pretty nice guy. Now, I mm. took that totally as a betrayal. Right. thought, how dare you speak to me like that? I'm never speaking to her again. I've, we've only been friends now for 60 years, but okay. Yeah. I was so angry, but then I realized the next day when I sat with it is what I always call it. You have to sit with it and listen to it again and play it back in my mind. I realized that my friends who were mutual friends with my husband was not the person to talk to about my divorce. Exactly. Not my mother. 
Not my sisters, not his sisters, not anyone that had a piece of the pie. Right, okay? exactly. That I had to find a clean place. Right. And I did. I went into therapy. I went for a couple of years. It was the best thing I ever did for me. I just, I found a family counselor is what she really was. Um, and I worked on that for a long time. And the reason I worked on it was because it, I finally had to come to the full circle of that it was my issue to get divorced, not his. Yeah. I was the one that wanted the divorce. I was the one that was too angry. I was the one that didn't want to work it out. I was the one that was calling him the names. <sighs> when I look back, I'm sure the guy probably years later thought, boy, I really dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> but it, it is something, and I don't think that people, when you get divorced, separated, break up with someone, they realize that it might take longer than a couple of weeks or a couple of months yeah. to work that out. Which is why when they call them rebound relationships, but when you rebound into another relationship, maybe the equation, maybe you're still the same placeholder in the equation. Maybe yeah. you haven't worked on what was the problem. Well, this is what you call a giant loss. I yes. mean, it's, it's right after losing someone yes. forever, as in death. And it has so many tentacles that, you know, as you say, loss of your place you live, loss of the connection with the person that you once loved. I mean, that's giant, giant. stuff. And coming to peace with it, you know, that's yes. But there's lots of other losses too, Denise. Well, I think there's I think there's a million different losses that sometimes again people say, Oh, let go of that, but they're not they're discounting that it's a huge loss. I think there can be a loss when you lose a job. Even if you don't like the job. Oh, it's a giant that's another you, giant it, whether you're fired, cut back. I mean, look at all the people that have been laid off. Laid off. Oh my God. So if your job gives you not only money, a pl something to do every day. Right. A place to feel good about yourself. You're really good at your job. It, nothing feels, I mean, people one of the like that, you. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. You're pretty at your job or you're yeah. handsome at your job you or get you're your, smart you, at your job. You get that um, you, feedback back that's right. that we all need. We all the need connection. A, it's the, the, the connection. community. So, uh, you know, for me, I just, and this is a personal friend. Recently, she hadn't worked for almost a year or two. Right. Wasn't She lives in a small town. There wasn't a lot of job opportunities. Well, so she then got a job that is perfect for her. Right. The difference in the last two or three weeks. Now, she went from zero to 100 miles an hour. Do you know what I mean? Oh, which wow. Is, That's it, which is, got its own issues. Is its own issues. But the thing is, is you can just see she needed a job, a job to be appreciated at. Uh, she cooks. A job to feed people. A job. So I, I don't think that when people, I, I, I think especially... When people have lost their job, they've lost their apartment, maybe that they love. They've lost a dear friend. How about I, their, kind of a major thing, one's identity. Yes. I remember when I lost, the first time I, w I had my own show. Yes. And, and I got a call out of nowhere that they, you know, this is how broadcasting works. You know, sure. You never know for the next minute whether you have a job. And I remember this woman calling me up and saying to me, she was a PR, public relations woman, and I was supposed to do a big appearance somewhere because I was on the radio, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, you were important. And, and I was important. 
and she said to me, her Jaloster gig at uh, KABC, so we won't be needing you oh. to, to, we won't be needing you to open the store. What are you going to do now? Well, because you're she, not she important. So you're not important. It was so it was horrible, so, I can't tell you. Now, uh, when I learned this, Diane, for me, okay, so I was the executive chef of a gigantic catering company. I ran the commissary. We did between three and five million dollars worth of sales every year. I had worked my way up. Yeah. I was the general in that kitchen. I loved every minute of it. Now, then January came. So from August until December, you're busy getting ready for the holidays, sales. I was the most important person in the world. Okay, (laughs) let's be honest. Don't anybody fight me. In the world. In the whole world, damn it. I was keeping the world safe for expensive parties. Now. (laughs) That's a good line, honey. I love it. Then all of a sudden, January came. No parties. Yes. And I was reduced. Now I'm on salary. But I'm reduced to like picking up the the laundry, the you know something, the yeah. napkins that have been um, laundered, laundered. Yeah, and I hated it. And the first January, I so I went from being the most important person in the whole world to being nobody, and I realized that that was my issue. That unless I could learn to take the slower times and work on something, namely myself, <laughs> and work on what I could do so that that didn't happen to me the following January. And that's what I found out. I found out there were a million things I could do that my whole identity could not be tied up and making chicken for 200 people. That's right. And you know, it is so shocking when you discover that you are not the most important person Well, I've never cared for it, Diane, to be honest with you. (laughs) It's like, what? Huh? How did that happen? And, And then when you have somebody really nasty... Yes. Put a knife in your stomach to say that to you. I was really, it was tough. But I think the lessons that one learns from these experiences are what set you apart, whether you can handle it, where you can manage these losses. That's it. You know? When I have volunteered um, down at the mission, in one of the missions, you Mm -hmm. know, the feeds, there was a woman one day, and Diane, we had brought groceries from my uh, kitchen. Mm-hmm. And my friend Michael went with me, and we were baking cookies for this stuff, but she lived in this halfway house. Okay. And she was so together, and I just thought, how did this woman end up here? And then she said to me, so she loved tuna, and I'd had extra cases. I said, take it to your room now. So we became friends, and I said, "Take if you want to take a little extra, take what you want for you. Oh, it's yeah. just me. And then she went on to say, this is so much fun. Thank you. It's so much fun to talk to you. You get so isolated. You know, I had some hard years because my husband and children were killed in an accident. And I kind of went off the deep end. And I'll never forget that I didn't want my face to change. Do you know that feeling of of when someone tells you? And I, so I stood there kind of stone faced and she said, so I got lost for a while and I, you know, with drugs and I lost my home, but now I'm coming back. And this place has been so wonderful because there are people that have had it worse than me. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, who has it worse than you? Yeah. But you know what? I kept in touch with her for a while. She had been a school teacher. She went back to working in a kindergarten program. She pulled herself out of that kind of loss. It's that's and a that's, wonderful positive story, you know. And how and it, people do that is really it's a, it's a, it's everything. 
I mean, that's what we have to be looking for. You know, the setbacks. Instead of your own ego with your identity. That's exactly right. Oh, I'm important because I made 200 chicken dinners. That's exactly or right. Or I'm important because I talked to a winemaker. That's today. exactly right. You know, or, and I or I fed people that are the most shallow people in the whole world. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like so, embarrassing. It should be embarrassing rather than. Thank you. Know, you. Actually, that's yeah, ain't that the truth. Yeah. But I think that all of us. So, family getting divorced, um, losing dear friends. Now, you and I said this to each other. Here's a thing about friendship: we all grow. That's right. I had friends in my 20s that I adored more than anything. Guess what? I got into my 30s and we meet up then to go out and I think, what did, I'm not feeling it anymore. Yeah. And I didn't feel the same way about them. Matter of fact, I couldn't wait to go home. So yeah. I found out that just because we all change and grow, doesn't it make sense that our friends are going to change and grow. And maybe not in the ways that, you know, some of my friends are so opposite of me, but yes. they continue to grow. I mean, my two That's best right. friends are from the fifth and sixth grade, and we couldn't be different. One's a clinical psychologist, one's a university professor. We are so completely different, but we continue to grow. That's right. And and But there's lots of people that I can remember in my 20s and my 30s and my 40s who, you know, all I have to do is look at, well, my Rolodex is kind of like an old idea. Yes. But, but those names can be deleted and from you know, my address book, them, you yeah. know? But I, and when I meet people like that once in a while, yeah. and in, and I don't mean to make it sound so empty, but when they say things like, oh, we've got to get together to go have coffee or a drink, and I go, sure, but in my heart I think, no. Right. And it's not that I, I wish them the best. I want the best for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's just I that you don't have them, anything. But you're... I just, I lost the connection with them. And your time at this point in our oh, life okay. is fine night, well, you know? Being that uh, <clears throat> we're yeah. kind of on the clock. Yeah. On the expiration. Yeah. getting closer to the Honey, runway. I'm a milk carton and there's not <laughs> much time left before I become buttermilk. So with that said, no, you have to protect your time. Yeah, you do. Because you don't have time. I barely have time, Diane. You and I have said this. You and I would go out to lunch once a month. It wasn't often enough, but that was as much as we could squeeze in. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's, it's an interesting transition that we all go through. And it's nice through. that you can look at it and acknowledge what it was. And we were talking about this, Denise, because you, you have moved, which, by the way, is another giant Gigantic. loss. <laughs> I mean, you have moved into a new home and letting go of things, material possessions. Absolutely. Um, has become so much easier for you. And if you, I had asked you this 10, 15 years ago, you would have said, I'm not giving up that rooster That's clock right. that I love. <laughs> no. It, it can't. Now, the good news is the new house, yeah. I love it. It's beautiful. And it's bigger than the other house I had in Ventura. So I've purchased a few things I like. But guess what? My style has changed. I don't want the fussiness that I used to have. Yeah, it's so interesting. That changes. Your that style. changes. I want it to look nice but be practical. I don't right. want to worry about it if something, if the dog throws up on it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> or, the, or Cindy. I just don't want to have to worry. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I take it back. Cindy, our lovely engineer. A lovely engineer who makes this all happen. No, I don't want so many of the things that I could not live without 
I look at him now and I swear to God, Kenny and I walk around the house now in LA. It'll be a few months, but I say to him, is that going? No. And the two mm -hmm. of us crack up. I want to find homes for it. Yeah. I want to sell some of the pieces that are actually worth something. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm talking course. a candy bar and a dime. I know, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm not going to make a fortune, but I really want to give things away. At, yeah. And one of the big ones that Diane, we can all relate to. I probably had at the height of being a judge for ICP, at the height of being a media person or with my newsletter and different things, I probably had 3,000 cookbooks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and guess what? I don't need 3,000 cookbooks. And it started a few years ago where I'd say to Cindy, do you want this? Cindy doesn't need any more cookbooks now. My God, she's got cookbooks galore. <laughs> We all do. I started giving them away to other people. Did you see the three boxes in my living room that are going out this afternoon? But yes. all I know is now I'm down to about, I would say, I mean, I've still got 1,500 books, but in this next move, Diane, I'm going to be down to 200 cookbooks. That's what it they should be. They are the cookbooks that I learned to cook from. They're yeah. Julia's, they're yeah. Ann Willens, they're yeah. your books. Cookbooks that I have a connection with, but you know, the rest of them are lovely. I don't need them. Yeah, it's so interesting. I never, thought, I never thought that could happen yeah. to me because in my 30s, I sp spent so much money on cookbooks. I mean, I would go somewhere and then carry these heavy books home in my suitcase. I know. I know. Well, this is all about loss and change and about the things that mattered so much. And they don't. And you know what? I was just been thinking about some friendships and how, you know, we are able to let those go. And, you know, I've had a couple of friends where it just kind of this trendy term ghosts where you kind of ghost away yes where you used to chat all the time or you'd meet all the time and it just sort of falls away and then one day you say god i haven't talked to that person yep. in two years and we were really good friends it's just interesting how whether it's a possession how we can continue to change which is part of managing one's loss because you're changing and losing things simultaneously I'm, and getting new things and getting new things now what i might not be possessions what i think is really important to, yeah. for people is what you said to me you've said this to me a couple of times over the years going from being a parent yeah to, to being a consultant. a consultant in your daughter's life so here laura your only child yeah and i know laura so i'm prejudiced she's gorgeous <laughs> and smart and all that she's kind pretty of stuff. great she's pretty fabulous she'll want to hear what i have to say unless she asks me for it and that's the difference when they're 12 you can say <laughs> get your room cleaned up dinner's at six uh and we're going here on a vacation or whatever i'm in charge guess what as an, a parent of an adult it's just not your gig anymore your job is to be there as a support system and that's it and there but there has to be that moment diane that's a loss that when she doesn't when they don't need you do you know what i'm saying there has it to is. be it's kind of like the empty you know the empty nest at college yeah but then it's just different it changes and you want it to change because that means that they're in a good place i told diane this story i was moving out to be a mother's helper during college and <laughs> my mother oh my god she was i was the last one and i'm her favorite in case my sisters are listening or any of my family <laughs> let's be let's be real and we were going on and on and i thought oh my poor mother but anyway i moved out i was coming back to get a few things from my bedroom 
in my parents' home. And I say to my boyfriend, oh God, you know, come in with me, but this is probably gonna be so embarrassing for my mom because she's gonna be beside herself with grief. There was a note on the bulletin board she always had in the kitchen that said, bye-bye, gone to Alaska. And my that mother- That is just hysterical. Had ju and my boyfriend said to me, I, I don't think she's missing you that much, Denise. <laughs> she had decided if I was moving on, she was going to move on. She was going to move on. So she and my dad went on their first cruise. And you know what? It was so wonderful, though I could hardly believe it myself. Yeah. Because that was how we separated. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. just. She's we, a good, she was a, an extraordinary a role model for you. You Denise. know what? She was. One of the other things she'd always say to me, and I think this can be. She'd say, you girls are going to grow up and have your own life. And I'm going to be stuck here with daddy. Yeah. And not meaning stuck, but that yeah. her relationship with him was for longer than ours. And I think that's something to, you know, something to think about. It's hard. It's hard. But that's all part of, as we are women beyond a certain age, when we lose what we had, which may have been a family, may have been a business that took all of your time. May Absolutely. Have, which you can speak to. May have, uh, you know, there's many different variations on it. But it's a question of how we address it and how we deal with it. You know, speaking of my business, I thought I would never be able to let go. Let go. And in fact, in the past couple of months, I just call Cindy, go, Cindy! <laughs> and I just send Cindy really, really extraordinary, brilliant texts and say, handle this, handle this, handle this. Yeah. So uh, what I found out was I am ready to let go. Yeah. I'm moving into another phase of my life. So I don't have to hang on to it and pray. You know what I mean? I do I, know what you mean. I am finding out that, in fact, it's Cindy's turn. Right. It's Cindy's turn to hold the baby. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. You and know? I want her to. Yeah. Well, you know what? We all have our time. I mean, in my particular work world, I, at this point, I am not writing another book. You know, I've written 20 cookbooks. That I, You're done. And <laughs> I'm still a syndicated columnist with the Chicago Tribune. I work on various projects. I'm enjoying playing pickleball, which is like a shorter game of tennis, swimming. I'm just reading a lot. I'm just enjoying my life. And every week I get to write about something with food and travel. And I get to be involved, but on a different level. And now we get to do this, which is a passion to get to share what we're thinking and share it with other like-minded folks. Absolutely. And the feedback, I just want to thank people. We have gotten feedback from people on the Facebook page. We've, I've gotten private messages. I know Diane has too. I think the most important part, and Diane uses the word community, but it's true. If we all share this stuff with each other, it might make it easier. We just, you know, people never in the olden days wouldn't talk about things and shame, shame, and it festered and it made people embarrassed or people ashamed. You're right, Diane. So was, yeah. I think that the more that we share with each other about the good news and the bad news, the easier it is for us to pick up the pieces and move on. Yeah. And, you know, we have to. I mean, we have your to. choice is that or the alternative, which is just sitting in a place you don't want to be in. That's right. You know, I do want to just mention there's other smaller things that can, okay. that can bring loss to you. Certainly it's not going to be devastating, although losing your favorite store where you bought all your clothes is on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> or a restaurant that you loved. And I know you loved a restaurant, Denise, and it was like 
Oh my God, there's no, that, that was my, it was like cheers. You we know? had a restaurant in my hood, Cape yeah. Mantellini's. Yeah. I loved it. They had burgers, they had omelets. You could go there anytime. They had a full bar. I used to take, Cindy and I'd go to lunch there. Kenny and I'd eat there once a week. Jennifer Aniston ate there. There were all sorts of celebrities <laughs> eating there. Right. But it wasn't expensive. It wasn't, fu- you know, I mean, it was just a great restaurant. They closed. Devastated. I'm, it's been a year. I'm still looking for places to go to on Sunday morning that I like as much as Cape Mantellini's. Come to my house. Well, and brunch. There you go. But it no those. <laughs> I things, know exactly what you mean. Because again, that was my community. I the waiter knew us. You know what I mean. Yeah, we I, liked it. We I knew the valet. We, we felt like part it. of it. You know. Well, I go back to community. When you walk into the bank and they know you, yes. that that ship sailed about a hundred years ago. <laughs> I mean, when you walk into the market and they know you. I mean, I think a sense of place and community is really connecting and feel makes one feel whole and kind of at peace in a certain kind of way. And especially, I think, in our very tumultuous world. Oh, let's not even. We can't yes. go there, but no. But it's, it's just it's the just world every is, minute. Yeah, is, it's 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 not an easy time. No, it's not, it's an, not easy an easy time. time. Well, I do think that this has been an interesting conversation, and I think that hopefully you guys are going to email us with some thoughts or things that you might want us to talk about or share on the podcast. But I do think that we should kind of wrap up with a few things that maybe one can do when you're dealing with loss. Excellent. So one of the things I think is basic is that you have to accept what is, and it's hard. It's very hard. You know, depending what it is, probably not quite as hard if it's a restaurant rather than losing a friend or your house or your husband, but it's still loss. And I think, Denise, and I know you talked about this, is that having someone to talk with that's absolutely not involved is just an independent person, whether it's somebody that's a therapist or um, otherwise, or a dear friend who can really be there for you, it makes a giant difference. And may, or maybe it's your priest, or maybe it's your exactly. rabbi, or maybe exactly. it's a high school counselor that's a dear friend of yours. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't know if people still think that it's shameful to go to a psychiatrist. I, for me, I think that I know. I think that to be able to, and the first time I went, I didn't have any money. So I went through a social service agency and it was, Mm -hmm. I paid what I could, which was $15. You're talking about a psychologist, a psychiatrist, somebody who's a medical doctor. But But it made such a difference in my life. So I think there's places to reach out to. I do know this all, you know, it's like alcohols, alcoholics Mm -hmm. anonymous. They have groups for parents that have lost a child. That's right. Or grief counseling. I mean, all these things, I think, maybe not for everyone, but I certainly think if you are struggling with it, or wait, you know, that's the whole idea behind Weight Watchers. The whole idea was you could go and other people were fat too, and you'd say, help me not eat the chocolate bar. It's true. And they're honest and they're, and everybody's kind of laughing about it. And you don't feel shame. And you should. So finding a place to not feel shame. That's right. And going through the, um, the steps, as you call them, of acceptance. And that is sitting with it, being with it, being so uncomfortable with it until it's not uncomfortable anymore. Well, Denise, this was a good one, huh? I like it. I like it, Diane. Oh, I did want to mention that if anybody's listening and is really struggling with uh, PTSD, with issues that have happened through loss, there's a a technique in um, the therapy world called EMDR, and it's a, a treatment that therapists will deal with you 
they're certified in this specialty to deal with trauma and it's very interesting and they're having great results emdr look it up see who's in your hood who might be practicing it so i know we have some cool shows coming up like grief because i know you can't wait to hear about that (laughs) after that but we're going to talk about right sizing your home we're going to talk to a dermatologist about what are the issues that we need to be dealing with with our skin as we age yeah well you know the biggest issue is finding that flesh-colored duct tape and trying That's Maybe real. that's what we should get into, Denise. Uh, All right, another okay. another time. Another time. Well, until the next time, I'm Diane. I'm Denise. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.